0: the we're going family style deal because i want a bite of your big mac and i need some of your quarter Pounder. i'll try your filet of fish there's a deal for every friend group at mcdonald's order any two classics for just six bucks price of participation may vary single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer
1: hello everyone and welcome to episode 49 of the hawks talks podcast and all things atlanta hawks podcast hosted by two lifelong hawks fans as always i'm jackson redmond joined today by my lovely co-host logan barnes Go and we year, did it. Go New York. Go. <laughs> go New York. Go New York. Go. <laughs> Brutal Logan. We we did it, people. We won the series against the Knicks. We've won our first playoff series under the uh pack is I in I the air, folks. Knicks pack oh, yeah, is in this, the air. Knicks pack is in the air. They, Julius will still be alive right now if y'all like gas him up like that. Uh we won our first uh, playoff series at, at a part of the Trey Young era, which is officially what I'm gonna start referring to this as. I mean, Shout out to oh, Shalink, uh, Nate McMillan, everybody else, John Collins. I mean, but the Trey Young era is off to a 1-0 playoff series start. Uh, we won game five. I mean, pretty, this game pretty much followed the same script as game four did. We shot like shit dirt from three during the first quarter, and we ended up just winning. Like, we we were just in control the whole time. We were, but, we're uh,
2: just the better team. It's like, yeah. it's just that simple. Better coaches, better players. That, better pizza the Papa John's. Exactly. Well, no. But uh, how, how are you doing today, Logan, before we dive into that, I mean, uh, just to clarify, this is being recorded the day after the uh, the win, so, you know, we, we've had about 16 or so hours to, you know, digest it, soak it all in, and feeling good. I, I had previously said that as long as we made it to the second round, I'd be very content with the season, and I'm sticking with that. I think anything other than being like if we get embarrassed by the 76ers I'd be upset but this team is too good to be embarrassed like that so I'm very happy this this is an absolute success of a season so far and the fact that you know we, it ain't over yet we, we could very easily make the conference finals so it, it's fun this is exciting stuff just you know this is just everything that uh you know schlan wrestler could have really hoped for from the first playoff run G- getting all the press because we had to play the Knicks Uh, Getting all the press because we beat their ass in five games. It was it was just you know chef's kiss as Jackson would put it.
1: But I uh, I I was I was just talking to you about the slogan like literally like five minutes ago and like thinking about it it didn't hit me until last night I was like we're gonna be one of the last eight teams to be contending for a title like there's like thirty teams in the NBA. And we're one of the last eight who's still going to have a chance at winning the title in, uh, like, the next coming days. So, like, it's saying that, oh, we made it past the first round and cool, but putting it like that, like, oh, we're going to be one of the last eight teams to be able to win a title in the NBA, that really just, like, puts things into perspective how far this team has come. Because, like, thinking about it, like, I feel like at the beginning of the season, we would have been okay with, like, an eight seed. But, like, we're the five seed. We just beat the four seed who had home court advantage. Frankly... I feel like we could say it now that, you know, there's no 3-1 possibilities. We embarrassed them. No. Like, yeah. it, I mean, that horseshoe stuff, Logan, I said it a lot, but it actually did come true. <laughs> I mean, geez. That's, that's like the entirety but,
2: of what this series was. We took the horseshoe out of Julius Randle's ass, game planned around stopping him, f- like exploited his very clear and obvious weaknesses, and they just couldn't figure it out. Derrick Rose and Alec Burks kind of uh, kept him relevant for a game or two, but... Literally, besides those two superhuman performances, this this series was not even close, which is kind of crazy.
1: No, I mean, aside from that, uh, RJ Barrett game four performance, like uh, then after that, Alec Burks game one, Derrick Rose game two, and and RJ Barrett game four performance, I wouldn't say that anybody on that team had I mean, like a notable performance. I'm, I'm
2: not even gonna give RJ Barrett credit for game four because it was just like he did what he's supposed to do that game, <laughs> like he yeah, just, yeah he just hit his open shots and like was able to body up Kevin Herter, which. Not saying Kevin you know, Kevin Hurd is a good defender now, but that is that's a favorable favorable matchup like size and strength wise so i I'm yeah whatever
1: man it's uh we were legitimately in control of the series for all but one quarter, I would say in my opinion more or less yeah, I mean we led by
2: double digits in every single game of the series um Like, there was maybe one or two bad quarters of basketball the Hawks played, and that was in Game 2, the game that we lost. Um, Ever since Game 2, there's been 12 quarters of basketball. Like, five of them have been competitive, maybe six. Like, maybe half of quarters that were played over the last um, three games were competitive. The Hawks, you know, they kind of took a jab to the stomach after the Knicks won Game 2. It it took a small miracle, took a minor miracle for the Knicks to win that game. And the Hawks took that jab and just came back with a massive uppercut and comboed it with, uh, you know, they just beat the shit out of the Knicks. There's no other way to put it, really. This was not a very close series. It was an entertaining series because of all the sort of antics and Tri Young sort of playing some of the best basketball of his life. But it was not a close series
1: at all, which I, for one, greatly appreciated. <laughs> No, it's funny how much, like, before the playoff speed, you were like, we have, it's time to get stressful, it's time to get the uh the heartbeat monitors on, and, and now we're just like, well, that wasn't too bad. I mean, pretty much, uh, we just like, dominated the whole series. And the like, one time we did lose a game, we just, like, shot ourselves in the foot repeatedly. They were, like, they were,
2: 15. They were like two tens fourth quarters in the whole series, and that's it. <laughs> like, it's crazy. The Hawks, games three through five, just... I, I can't, I've said this like two or three times already. They just beat the crap out of the Knicks. There's no other way to put it. They were the better team on offense. Frankly, we
1: just put a spanking on them. Yeah,
2: they're the better team on defense. They're the better coach team. They, we always knew they'd be the more talented team. Uh, it was just, it was not even remotely close. Um, so, yeah, man. Uh, shout out to Nate McMillan. Nate McMillan sort of has been, you know, he, that's sort of been his... Uh, his Detractions over the past several years Is that he's not a playoff coach He can't really win in the playoffs He would only won like one playoff series In the past 15 years or something crazy um, Nate McMillan coached his ass off this series He he was very good Just as good as you know Pretty much all these players Which played well as, And just wanted to give Nate McMillan his props man You know uh, game two scared us a little bit But you know what? he adjusted And I'm definitely ready to uh, slap, uh, take off the interim tag And just you know I'm looking forward to the 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 woes tweet in a few weeks when we finally just make him officially the head coach instead of just you know waiting around to see if the interim tag stay stays around. But yeah, man, just uh, just want to give props to Nate McMillan first because he he really did coach his ass off this series.
1: Yeah, big props to Nate McMillan. I mean, after game two, it kind of uh it, it started to, it very much started to look like you know the old. Old habits weren't dying. Old habits die slow. Is that the saying, Logan? I believe that's the saying. But and then just from there, he adjusted. Like I mean, last night, you know, during the beginning of the fourth, Emmanuel quickly had some stuff, and then like all of a sudden, what's it called? It trade just comes back into the game, and that was it. Like I mean, Nate McMillan called the timeout
2: and over. brought every single starter back, and Gallo did not touch the floor after that. Nate McMillan, I think the lead got down to nine or seven, and Nate McMillan called timeout and said, "All right." There's nine minutes left. Just go finish this shit. And sure enough, the starters came in and went on like a... Expanded the lead up to like 18 or something. And by that point, it was just completely... It was toast. Um, And even without the sort of Game 2 blunder by Nate McMillan, um, it has to be said, from Games 1 through 5, he... Just a masterful game plan to stop Julius Randle. Literally... Absolutely. Schemed and executed to perfection. This guy was legitimately hurting the Knicks just about every single game. Game five was probably his best game and he was not good at all. It was his best scoring game. I just remembered he had like eight turnovers. <laughs> so maybe not his best game. He he just he he was taken. I mean, Nick McMullen just pulled the horseshoe out of his ass and beat him over the head with it. There's no other way to put it. So just wanted to give Nate McMillan flowers because he he deserved he deserves this, I feel like. I feel like he's been, you know, all our players are pretty young for the most part. You got Lou and Gallo who have been around for a while. But Nate McMillan's really been fighting for this playoff series win for a while. And, you know, you know it just feels good to uh, get that weight off his shoulders. And I'm pretty sure in the post-game press conference he was pretty emotional. So just, just you know, that's our coach, man. That's our coach. Also, That's shout- our coach right there. Also shout out to Lloyd Pierce who might yeah, become the next coach of the Celtics.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, dude. We're definitely going to have to talk about that. Um, you know, I, I since we're on the top of Nate McMillan, just a big congratulations to him. I mean, congratulations to the team as well, but focus on Nate for a second. Actually his first playoff series win since 2005 with the then Seattle SuperSonics. So that's kind of hey. funny to think about like the Sonics have been gone from Seattle since 2009, but yet here we and Nate McMillan has won his uh first playoff series since you know 2005 so just congratulations to him i mean obviously his post-game thing like logan was saying was emotional i mean it's nice to see i'm definitely happy with nate going forward i also don't know if you saw this but while on the topic of nate apparently after i think it was like game three he sent straight up just sent a Trey Young a text message he was like you're built for this And then I mean Trey yep. talked about how like nice it was to have like a a coach that believes in him. So that's kind of a shot at a LP right there. Yep. I don't, yep. I don't know if anybody else saw that, but
2: I I think I heard vaguely of that. Yeah. I mean look, I I do not like to get in the practice of making fun of Lloyd Pierce, but it is just it, I mean, Lloyd Pierce would not have been able to pull this off. Um and that's not We would have got beat in
1: beaten 6.
2: It's possible. I and mean, that's not just to discredit Lloyd. He's a, he's a young coach. It would have been his first playoffs, you know. I feel like if he if he was still our head coach and we got here and we lost, you could kind of chalk it up to that, but Nate McMillan really just, I mean, it's not like any Hawks fans are taking, like, underappreciating him. Every Hawks fan sees that he really kind of saved our season, so I'm just I mean, without know. Nate, where are we? <laughs> yeah, that's like we're, we're in the lottery, literally. It's its very possible, um, so you know, just just want to make sure Nate got a good section here because he he really does deserve it. He coached his ass off. You just, just gotta give him his flowers, man. He, he did a great job, and I'm hoping, you know, I'm excited to see what he does against the Sixers because the Sixers are a whole different beast. They're an actually good team. Whereas the Knicks were just yeah, like no. a fake good team.
1: <laughs> no, the, we're now we're getting into the part of the postseason where like we, we have teams that'll be able to match us in talent, so it's gonna be interesting how we adjust. I guess while we're on the topic of the Sixers, do you mind if I, we talk about it now, uh, Joel and Veed. I, I, I don't know what's gonna happen there, Logan. Look, call me a. Uh, 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 optimistic, call me whatever. I don't think a partially torn meniscus for someone who has the injury history of Joel Embiid is not as big as Joel Embiid, and is playing basketball like Joel Embiid. I don't think that's a day-to-day injury, unless I'm, the Sixers are just like, hey, like, like we're risking it all this year. Like this is our year. We're going all in. Like if you completely tear that shit, that's fine. But we have to do this. In which I wouldn't personally do, but I mean, you could also say there's some bias. I mean,
2: I you would, you problem. would think they shouldn't, because it's not like the Sixers' window closes after this year. You know what I mean? Like their window is for the next several years, for as long as Tobias Harris and Simmons and Embiid and I guess Seth Curry are under contract. That's sort of like their what they build around, and they have you know supplemental pieces like Maxi and Thibodeau and Shake. But yeah, man, I don't. I'm not gonna act like you know. You know, we joke here about me <laughs> shadowing a orthopedic surgeon eight years ago. Um, a slightly wow. torn meniscus pretty much kept DeAndre Hunter out for four months, and he was a lot. I mean, frankly, a lot lower usage than Embiid. He, you know, Hunter was a lot less of a workhorse. A- Embiid is relied on to anchor that defense and anchor their offense. So, I don't know, man. I I hope, you know, it's, it sucks because I kind of do and I do, don't hope that Embiid misses time because if Embiid misses time, then the Hawks very well could be heading to the conference finals. But at the same time, I like Embiid. I think he's the best center in the league. I've, I've said that. I've been kind of anti-Jokic. Um why? Why are you anti Jokic? Yeah. Pretty much just <laughs> I'm not anti Jokic, I just think Embiid is a little bit better. That that's okay, really that's all fair. it is. Um I don't I don't love the sort of allure around Jokic, but he Jokic is a very special talent, so a lot of it is just for jokes, but um I, I like Embiid. I, I I think he's sort of like Trey in that or I, maybe I should say Trey is like no, this is a Hawks podcast. Embiid is like Trey, fuck that. He plays to the crowd. He he's a good he like he antagonizes. He feeds off that energy, and he's just he always plays well to back it up. So, I hope Embiid is all right. But at the same time, if he misses a few games, I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna shed any tears. But I I'm with you. I'm kind of skeptical. I don't know if that's a day to day thing. I don't know if if he does play, if he's gonna be a hundred percent because that's that's a that's an unfortunate injury.
1: No, it is, and especially like the. uh like, the long-term effects from it, like, I just can't help but feel like Embiid is still, guess what, he's still 26. Like, we, I always think he's older because, you know, he like missed those first two, like, years in the league. But, I mean, I don't. I just don't know. Like, I don't know if I'd risk it. Like, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe the Sixers are just like, hey, this is it. We got to do this now. But, I don't know. I just don't see why they would be. But, I, I do think um,
2: between today and the first game one of that series will be Sunday. I think between today and Sunday, Jackson and I can have a preview podcast for that uh, playoff series. Definitely
1: a preview podcast. I-, I can't confirm that'll happen.
2: So, so we don't want to dive too deep in it, but it, it definitely it, it's it's worth discussing. Like, is Embiid healthy? One and two. How good is he going to be if he's playing on a bum knee? Right. So I don't know, man. It's uh, I I, I do not. I hate to see it because I I do really like Embiid, but at the same time, it, it very well could. Be a huge opportunity for the Hawks to like, me- just just make. I don't want to say a miracle season, but like just completely have one of the best. I don't know stories in the NBA in recent history, in recent memory, really. So, you know, we'll we'll see how it goes. We get a few days off, get a few days to enjoy the Knicks win. You know, smoke that Knicks pack, smoke that Randall pack, and just. I, frankly, I'm enjoying not having to stress about basketball because as much as I love the Hawks and much as I enjoy the playoffs, I. Also enjoy not having to stress out all day because uh, I know that, like, tonight is a is a playoff game. So, I don't know, man. Um, but Sunday is game one in Philadelphia. I'm not sure what uh, TV network we'll be on, but it won't be Bally Sports South, so.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, while we're here, while we're, like, giving people their flowers and thanking people, thank you to uh, Bob and Dominique. I mean, we, we've, uh, we make our jokes about them, you know, the a la bogey. <laughs> and like all of those like I mean there's just somebody you can make you can make fun of you know Bob for his miscues when naming players and stuff but seriously thank you to Bob and Dominique for another goats, season on man, commentary. the commentary the go- they, they make Hawks basketball what it is and it was uh it's always emotional for me I said this last night to Logan it's always emotional for me when Bob's thanking everybody and then he's like but thank you the fans for making this possible like I, I've been listening to Bob literally my entire life so it really it's is always- crazy um, just uh, just just thank you to them for another season. I mean, th- they are Hawks basketball.
2: It's just so cool when you have commentators that just grow up with the team. Like they were there during the Joe Johnson, Josh Smith years. Like they were there during the sixty win team. Every, like everyone remembers that that uh, famous call where Korver hit uh, made, what was it, eleven straight points, twelve straight points, and that was like one of the best calls in Nick and Bob's history. Um, and I'm glad they're able to enjoy seeing mm-hmm. a, a new superstar come up here with uh with the hawks because they really do deserve it man they are i just got to give them their flowers man they're the goats straight up he uh i don't know man i I don't want to think about when they retire because i i hope they
1: have several several seasons left but they just make it so much more enjoyable man and uh while we're here... Oh, congratulations to Marv Albert, who gets a lot of slander. Uh, he, he did... Deservedly. Uh, I think that that was his... La- yeah, deservedly. At this point, you know. It's kind of like... It's kind of like that old dog you have that you're just kind of running to the ground and, like, nobody kind of wants to, like, you know, do anything with, so you're just like, oh, okay, it's still kind mm-hmm. um, of here. Shout out to Marv Albert, who did his last nickname game last night. He actually started his career back in the uh, 70s with the Knicks and Rangers, the New York Rangers of hockey. Um, so that's kind of cool. Uh, but... It is kind of poetic that uh, you know Trey Young was out there taking bows on his <laughs> night. So they, they uh, I mean, can we talk about that for a second? I mean, yeah, geez, I, I wanted really, to sort of get through the sort oh. of you know the the
2: nice and cheerful part where we just yeah had... now
1: now it's time to get toxic. now it's time
2: what a, what a Trey Young let his nuts hang in New York. They, oh my God, that was too good. I, I just. Trey Young had legitimately his least good game of the series, and he still was able to hit the dagger at the end. To, and just, he took a bow on the Knicks logo, and he gave a little wave goodbye. There's that. That's that's porn right there. That is Hawks porn. There. I just. I love Trey Young, man. He's the, he's the guy this team need, man. He he just has this cocky, but like not overly cocky. Like like he backs it up. He just always backs it up. He he thrives off of the. Uh, the intention, and he's not afraid to dish it back. He, he's 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 a true entertainer. Like there's no other way to put. It. I I can't believe people call Trey boring this season. Like I yeah,
1: hey, he's ruining
2: basketball. He, he's, he's 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 flopping ridiculous. and f- foul merchanting Although I will say, I did enjoy how he how he fouled. Oh,
1: he, he, I, I sent this last night to my Knicks fans friends. I was like, it's poetic that the, that this thing that the thing that the Knicks were most scared of, which was Trey getting to the three throw line a lot. Is yeah. gonna be the is gonna be the last thing they see as their season ends. That
2: was that was also beautiful. Yeah,
1: treyong Young, he 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 saved the foul merchanting
2: for Game Five because he, he had a like two or three instances where he just did the cheesy foul baits. and I mean, I love it. I I'm, I'm I was happy to see it after all the shit that Knicks talked and. You know how I mean they were petrified of Trey going to the free throw line, and for the most part, over the first four games, he he was below, like well below his average. And then game five, he just said, "Screw that, <laughs> my shot isn't falling. I don't care. I'll I'll go back to my ways. I'm going back to the old
1: me." <laughs> it, it was funny to see Knicks fans like on Twitter. You've probably seen this if you've been out there a lot, Logan. They were like, they were like, "Oh, Trey Youngs." They kept posting like Trey's shooting percentage and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it, but then it, but it's like, dude, this series is over. And, like, Trey had a peak trash talk. I don't know if – if you were watching the Valley Sports broadcast, there. I have I made a tweet about this. They're in the first quarter. Uh, uh, Nerland, Noel, and Trey, you know, those two have been going at all series. They actually had, like, a bit of a dusk up last night at the half, To This is the fourth quarter. You know, the Hawks are obviously going to win the game. Like, it's put away at this point. Like, seven minutes left. Trey, uh, uh, you could hear on the Valley broadcast, he turns Noel, he goes – you're going you're about to go home <laughs> like jesus dude like i really do appreciate that trash talk for trey because he i think trey says just like exactly what we're feeling because like there was a lot of time here in the series between like all the dirty shit that nicks did and like all that and then like their fans defending it with like oh it's just physical oh, that's just basketball oh y'all deserve this oh y'all did it first i th- they needed to be here they needed to be told that they were just about to go home like i'm very glad that our star flare is out there you know, doing it with us because, like, I'll admit it. Last night, I, I was getting pretty toxic, dog. I, you oh, know, I, sure. I was bringing up the receipts against people. I was like, "Hey, it's like I don't, I don't care about those three regular season wins." You know, Trey just ended y'all's in the middle of a standing ovation for y'all's season. Trey just hit a dagger, took a bow to the crowd to end y'all's best season in thirty years. Like, I don't in five games. Like, I do not give a shit. You're going home. Like, one, <laughs> two, three, Cancun.
2: Yeah, it was. I mean, I can't confirm it was, it was toxic hours last night. Hawks fans deserve that. Like, so there is like a, a thing on online, on Reddit and Twitter. Like during the tanking years, um, Hawks fans were like this joking type of like, they were just a chill fan base, right? And then the whole Trey Lucas situation happens and everyone just makes fun of the Hawks for three years. And now Hawks fans are rightfully just like toxic and just like talking their shit. And then everyone's like, why are Hawks fans so toxic? And it's like, because y'all made us this way. Like, I'm pretty sure Hawks fans would be chill if y'all just left us alone for the last three years and let us tank in peace. <laughs> but instead, like, every, like, Treyong Young was the butt of all your jokes and Luca was the darling and, like, the apple of everyone's eyes. And so at this point, yeah, we're going to let her nuts hang. Yeah, Trey won a playoff series before Luca. Fucking deal with it, even though Luca very well may win a playoff series in a day or two. Um, congratulations to them. But, Clips like, in seven. It's possible. I'm not counting out the clips yet, but they are they are down bad. Not gonna lie. But yeah, like Hawks fans, they just I'm glad we got a chance at Leatherhead saying, and I'm I'm glad Trey is the type of guy that just talk as shit. Like I, you know, Kawhi is a phenomenal player, um, but I'm kind of glad we have a personality in the team that's not like Kawhi. Like, as our star, you know what I mean? Like, I like that we have kind of a cocky, gonna talk his shit, gonna, like, take a Because, you know, like, Kawhi would never take a <laughs> half court. Like, he would never do that. So, I'm glad we got a little bit of a showman. And I'm glad, you know, I'm glad that every team in the NBA for the next 10 plus years is going to be salty. That a 6 foot flat, 170 pounds soaking wet, rat looking guard is going to just completely screw up. Their whole season, like I'm just, I'm just glad that we have that guy. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's just, it's so, it's, it's so satisfying to watch. It, it, it is gratifying as all hell. So, I don't know, man. Trae Young, uh, like, like I said, Game Five was not even his best game at all, but it was easily his most fun game, just because he knew they were winning. He knew that they were just the better team, and he, he showed it.
1: It's funny because on our last podcast, Logan, me and you were talking about, like, oh, it's going to be poetic when Trey, like, kind of, like, waves goodbye to the crowd, like, as he sends them home. He did so much more than that.
2: (laughs) I can't, like, it was literally during the, like, Knicks fans giving their team a standing ovation because the Knicks did have a great season. Nobody expected them to be even close to the four seeds. So, admittedly, you know, Knicks fans had every right to be super happy with their season, even though it was cut very short in the playoffs. And Trey said, "Fuck that! Y'all are not getting no standing ovation while I'm still on the court." <laughs> and I'm, yeah, it, it was, it was beautiful. It was, it was so much better than anything I could have dreamed of. Also, a
1: cute little uh callback because uh, he did the bow in high school as well. Dude, did you, there was somebody who uh, Wob made a. Twi- oh yeah, we got to slander Wob on this podcast. We ain't done that. <laughs> to do that in a minute as well. No, we're doing that in a minute. It's about to get nasty. uh <laughs> There was like a tweet to Wav, and it was like he did this at high school. Imagine if he does this to the Knicks tomorrow night. He doesn't fucking does it tomorrow. He does it it in the game. Just what a what a beautiful scene. I mean, the Knicks fans are giving their guys a, a well-deserved standing ovation. Like the Knicks legitimately deserved that. Like I'm going to take a second to stop shitting on the Knicks. They deserve that. Like I mean, their fans. I'm prou- I'm happy and proud of Knicks fans that they were applauding their team because their team should not have been there. Like. They sure. grinded us out. They got there. I mean, it Stand sucks up. how it ended, but you you should be proud of how you got there, for sure. But yeah. I, uh, I mean, it. But they're giving him the standing ovation. Trey like, just wasted the clock. It looks like he might just like pass it off to someone. Step back on Reggie Bullock. Gets a thirty footer. I mean, God. I mean, and then the boos start coming out, and Trey <laughs> yeah. just takes a <laughs> bounce to the, the crowd. They, had, they had to
2: cut their standing ovation short to boo Trey Young. <laughs> I mean, oh. I don't know.
1: I mean, just that's just brutal dude like that's one of those things that ends up on like a uh, top 10 most disrespectful NBA moments. it's like not even of the year but like of all time in like his future because i mean geez dude like their fans were into it you know there was like people like saying thank you to like the Knicks players and stuff like they were yelling like a. Uh, I think Derrick Rose was shooting like a three throw something. They're like, "Thank you, Derrick." And then Trey Young's just like, "Yeah, no, nah, let's go ahead and stop all that. I'm not even gonna let you get the chance." Here's a thirty footer. Hold that in your mouth, homie. Like, I do not give a fuck. What were this Trey Young chance? Yeah, he had Spike Lee run into his car. Yeah, <laughs> <He had, laughs> Spike Lee left early. Some other celebrities left early. And then uh, I don't know if you saw this, Logan. It was on R TV as a highlight. Uh, when Trey was shooting three throws, and it got caught on the TNT cams. There was a fan saying, "Meet me in the parking lot. I'll fuck you up." Like, dude, <laughs> he had, like. Not only did the Hawks mentally break, like the the Knicks, like they oh, mentally yeah. broke their roster. They he I, broke I, their fans. I think he took their
2: spirits. I think that's one of the stories of the series is that the Knicks were so mentally soft, even though they were like a rough and tough defensive team. They they were mentally broken by like game three. It was it was insane. I mean, Julius Randle, he was in his own head so bad because he was just getting put in absolute Alcatraz. That I mean, it was it was insane to watch. It was insane to watch. I never thought the Hawks would be a team that would mentally break down another team like straight up. It, it was it was incredible.
1: I mean, they grinded them down. He, I mean, Trey Young took their souls just the entire series. I would say by game three, the Knicks were just mentally deflated. Like they they didn't have it. They don't have that mindset yet. I mean. I, I even say like guys like Derrick Rose and Taj Gibson were affected. Um, it got a bit chippy during last night's game. Kind of interesting. While we're on the topic of Taj Gibson, we gotta we gotta talk about that little half halftime uh, scrum. Looking, uh, I mean, that was
2: funny. Yeah, I mean, same shit as usual, right? Like Trey misses a floater. He's on the ground. Half ends. Julius Randle throws. Okay, I don't want to be dramatic. Drops a ball down on Trey's leg, I think, his lap, something like that. <laughs> and then Julian instantly tries to head back to the locker room, <laughs> just absolute bitch made, and like whatever. There's a little scuffle. Trey heads back. Noel, 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 who is who who definitely wins the uh, bitch made player of the series award
1: T-Mobile has America's largest 5G network, fastest based on median, overall combined 5G speeds, according to analysis by Upla of Speed Test Intelligence Data 5G speeds for Q4 2021. See 5G device coverage and access details
0: at T-Mobile.com.
2: It used to be hard to find the exact auto parts you needed, and that meant spending a lot of time at swap meets. It's a different game now, when you can order exactly what you need from eBay Motors. They have 122 million parts, so you can always find the right fitment spend less time searching and more time building with the ebay motors app or visit ebay let's ride he was playing like a complete pussy all five games um bumps Trey young and then solomon hill saw that again delivers another body cho- uh body check to Ner- Nerlens noel Nerlens noel starts freaking out because he can dish it but he can't take it and uh yeah, it, all all that resulted in fr- uh, try getting a free throw to start the second half. So <laughs> it was uh I mean, I don't know, man. The Knicks
1: are the Knicks are broken. That's just that's just how it was. Just a beaut- beautiful series. I'm really glad that uh looking back on this. This was a very good, you know, first series like I mean, at times, I mean, Trey, we got our signature moments. I mean, not even Trey. I mean, John Collins had his. Clint Capella had his, definitely. Talk about Clint for a second. Sorry to interrupt my little speech there. I mean, Clint goes out there, pregame press conference the day before. He's like, hey. It's like, we're sending you on vacation. It's like, go ahead and get those Go get this flights to Cancun book. Go ahead and get those. Go get go get to those vacation homes. Go get back the California in your hometowns. He's like, because after this, you're done. I'm putting I'm putting you in the dirt. It's he said. What's what you gonna said.
2: do about it? He said. What are you and gonna he,
1: do? He, and he said. He said, you'll do fucking nothing. Is what he said. Really? He, you know, R. J. Barrett, was pressed. He said they're gonna yesterday. win. And Capella just goes out there, plays like probably one of the better games in his like playoff career. Just, I, I that's just hilarious. Julius Randall was like, I don't give a damn what Clint Capella says. <laughs> he Jared said, was like, I don't give a hell. <laughs> <laughs> Derek was like, I'm not going to trash talk with Clint Capella. Yeah. All was, of that culminates uh, into just one of the best Clint Capella games of the playoff career. So very much prompt to Clint. I like when guys talk their shit and then not only back it up, but back it up in such a big way. Yeah. Cl-
2: Clint was – I mean, you could definitely make the argument he was the best player on the floor last night. He just – he did his typical thing on uh, on the boards and on defense. He just he's, – he's a force, man. And then, then uh, a non – talented offensive team like the Knicks they just don't know how to solve that you know what I mean like it's just it was it was crazy to see and Capella got a couple I think he got a couple steals as well I think I remember one or two um I don't I don't think he missed a shot as well he he had some very big buckets in the first half when the offense was sort of staggering for the Hawks yeah man Capella backed his talk up he was he was phenomenal it's uh I
1: mean talk's cheap but you know action speaks so much louder than in the words and, and while so we're to- he, he was just out there.
2: While, while we're back to giving uh, players flowers, I just you know b- round of applause to DeAndre Hunter. I, I like this guy is, holy crap, DeAndre Hunter is going to be extremely good. Like he's already very good. DeAndre Hunter is going to be a force. Um, that guy, he's special man. He he really is. He's he's like made in the lab to lock down the other team's best player. Like just
1: mid ranges he takes, those are beautiful, dude. Like they that's such beautiful. like a difference from thing from an offense. So you have John and Capella who are like rim rollers. John who pops out for three. Kevin Herder, Trey Young, Lou Will, guys who take like deep threes, Gallo as well, Bogey as well in that. Geez, we have a lot of those <laughs> on our roster. Now that I start naming them. And then you have like guys like Reddish and Chris Dunn and the who are mainly like defensive guys. They don't do much on offense. At least at, like, a level to where, like, you're comfortable with them being, like, out there for offensive purposes. And then you just have DeAndre Hunter who's just like, yeah, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to lock up R.J. Barrett, Derrick Rose, Julius Randle, and I'm also going to come back and shoot mid-ranges over all of you. You
2: have DeAndre Hunter who is all those things you just mentioned. (laughs) But then
1: he's just like, yo, hold hold on, Derrick Rose. Congrats on being uh, the MVP a few years ago, but hold this mid-range, dog. Imagine if Hunter is able to, like, gain the ability
2: to shoot threes off the dribble. Like imagine how insane of a player he'd be if he could add that to his bag i mean he he uh i mean it speaks volumes to the fact that we turned to him to stop julius randall who is a, a big strong power forward we turned to him to slow down derrick rose who is a shifty athletic guard he, uh, DeAndre hunter played a few minutes at center for us in a couple like niche lineups um he ran some pick and roll <laughs> in, in the offense he ran pick and roll a couple times He's a catch-and-shoot guy. He's a post-up guy. He's a mid-range. He is, like, holy crap, Travis. Like, I'm, it's fitting that we talked about Capella and Hunter back-to-back because those two players pretty much are, like, Travis Schlenk's, like, masterclasses. Like, that that yeah. those are his acquisitions that best show how he changed his team from a bottom-of-the-barrel, or at least we have Trey Young
1: team, to holy crap, this team could make the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, and we're going to be uh, the last one in the Eastern Conference. Well, we are the last one in the Eastern Conference, not even we will be. But, I mean, we literally are, because all, all the first-round series in the East are wrapped up. Sure are, yep. So,
2: Jesus, man. Like, DeAndre Hunter was phenomenal. Um, his offense, it may, it, you know, like, like I I think I said this a few episodes ago, because of the injury and how long he was out, he may never, not this season anyway, get back to, like, the 17 points per game or whatever he was in the regular season. But that defense is so good, and his his offense is just versatile, and just just you know, just had to give him his props, man. DeAndre Hunter is going to be, I I can't believe I'm saying this. He is like borderline untradeable for the Hawks. Like you, he is untouchable. If if you trade DeAndre Hunter, it'd have to be for like a top 15 player in the league. Like it'd have to be for Anthony Davis or some shit. Like he, I I just I I am. I'm in awe of how of how much better he is this year than last year. Like it is insane the leap he took. I almost wish that like I I just I I don't even know man. It's crazy. It's crazy. I, I'm I'm hoping that he uh, keeps it up next season because I want to see him take home the uh, most improved player award. I really do.
1: I mean, just, I don't know, just a, a phenomenal series by really everyone. And then also, this really can't be said enough, you actually made a tweet about this, Logan, and you know, of course, who's going to be the one to bring it up. <laughs> Onyek Okongu. a master class of a game. Like, like, one of the best games of his career up to this point last night. Beautiful, it may, man. It may well Offensive have been his rebounds best game. Are clutch. Um, it, it, it very might well have It been.
2: was either that or the Suns game. Those are 1A and 1B, for sure. Um, Okongu was phenomenal, straight up. I... You know, I, I've taken my licks. I guess I said he probably shouldn't play in the playoffs, which I wasn't trying to diss the guy. It's just he's a rookie and he didn't get a lot of minutes in the regular season. And it, you know, last night he's he said, I mean, he was just he was phenomenal. He didn't play a bunch, but he made impact plays like the entire time he was out there. He had like four or five offensive rebounds. He had that huge block on quickly. He had a couple buckets. He uh, he he was he was really good. He was really good. So. Just want to shout out Congo because uh, I'm starting to get a little bit more excited about him. You know, I'm starting to think, okay, maybe maybe by the time Capella's contract is up, maybe Okongu
1: will be that guy. So it's fun. It's fun to see, man. Last night he had some clutch blocks. Those offensive rebounds cannot be stated enough. Oh, I mean, just sure. a phenomenal game from Aniyeka An- 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 Okongu. for a guy who you know, you know, this season there were some doubts about him. We saw how raw he looked, and we were like, uh, we were like, oh yeah, like you know. He needs a few years for them for him to go out in a playoff series and like let let's not sit here and like downplay like the Knicks like the Knicks big men were definitely not an issue this series like props to Noel and Gibson like for like those guys to not be like they they actually played their role like, for they the played Knicks. they played
2: well they played their role Taj Gibson was arguably their second best player that whole series like straight up <laughs> it, it, yeah it, they uh, the Knicks centers played their role and Okongwu still just went out there game five he, he really like. I feel like that block on quickly was sort of the dagger. Like, Okongu's little stint where he was able to stand his ground and um, make sure that even while Capella was resting, they still had an anchor on defense. I, that that really sort of deflated the uh, the Knicks. I feel like that may be the sort of underrated dagger of the night it was just Okongu's sequence. So, yeah, just wanted to give Okongu his, his props. Uh, I, I'm going to say this now. I don't know how much he will play against the Sixers because the Sixers personnel is a little different. You know, Dwight Howard is a tough matchup, but Congu played well enough. He, he he deserves at least a few minutes in game one to see how it plays out, right? So, Facts.
1: I mean, so. after that performance, especially, those offensive rebounds really cannot be – I mean, he had two of them on the same possession in the fourth. I mean, he had that block. I mean, a phenomenal game. He He's, he's going to be a talent in this league, man. So props to Congu. He's starting to look like, for as much hate as we got on that pick from like a – from like kind of like the draft analyst type guys, I'm gonna call him out. The loony vid, yeah, I'm calling out my my own collective right here. <laughs> Those guys are hating on that pick. You know what? Hold your L boys. A good game from a Congo who was who was at the times during that stretch of his was the best player on the floor. Like for both teams, that's I mean Trey Young was on the floor. Uh, last night the dagger was hit when Lou Will uh, rotated the seams on the ball and just knocked down the three. I think that's I think you could argue that
2: as well because. The Knicks had a lot of momentum there, and and Lou was able to put the uh, the bleeding to a stop. So, that that's a good point. That may I think that that may honestly be the true dagger. Like that was a point where, I mean, we couldn't hit a three all night. I think we shot like seven for thirty from three or something ridiculous. And Lou was able to just knock down the most important one of the night. He so. in the
1: quarter, rotates the he, ball, he, gets he, the
2: scenes how he likes it. He oh. had four seconds. Four seconds to shoot that ball. Like the Knicks, if Tom Thibodeau needs to work on one thing, like with his scheme on the off season, it should be why the hell is there so many open corner threes? Like, it was, why is
1: there so many open threes in general?
2: Yeah, he's lucky the Hawks didn't shoot very well in them. If the Hawks shoot like what you would expect an NBA team to shoot on wide open corner threes, one, this is a four game series, and two, every game is by like twelve points or more. <laughs> so. Oh man, yeah. I think that I think that's a good point. I do think that was probably the dagger. Also, shout out to Lou Will, who uh, who kind of gets flack for being a bad playoff performer, and he kind of just he did his thing out there. He he didn't have to do too much for sure. Trey Young was the workhorse, but I think I'm confident in saying Lou did not hurt us. And look at that, we may he he may go further than playoff Rondo in the playoffs. So he Enough. actually might, which is scary. Another good trade for Schlenk. I'm still a big fan of that trade, even though Rondo has legitimately been pretty good in the playoffs, as you you would expect, because that's literally just... That's his whole brand at this point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean... We're just in the business of giving everyone flowers, because this is just a very good series. Like, the only person that I would say didn't play great was, like, Gallinari had, like, three bad games. But... We're just giving out flowers. We're we're
1: just florists right now. We're just giving everyone their flowers. And I, I mean, I mean I'm a... a lot of people need to be congratulated. John Collins also had a good series. I mean, it really bounced back from that game too, extremely well.
2: Yeah, for sure. John Collins. Uh, he's just shown he's a, he's like a glue guy. He just keeps things together. He's easy offense. He, his I mean, this is nothing new to Hawks fans. Like we've known this for really since, especially his second season, his first season, Trey Young. John's body control and ability to finish around the rim is otherworldly. Like you've said this before about Montrez Harrell, but John is in the same sort of—I mean, he's better than Montrezl, of course—but like he's in the same sort of mold where if he's around the rim with the ball, he has, he has such a crazy ability to just throw up like any type of shot and it goes in. I think I think you said Montrez can just throw up a meme shot and it goes in like seventy percent of the time. Like that's how John is, and. That is super valuable, and uh, he was able to hit some big corner threes. Played good defense. He played the defense on that he played on Randall uh, in the postseason compared to the regular season is night and day. So, you know, this is this is the official uh, we're keeping John type of segment of the show, which we have on pretty much every podcast. Yeah, pre- pod. I
1: mean, you know, every podcast that for Game Two that we've always been, been like, yeah, we should we should keep John around. But I mean, Game Two that was that was that was like. Davies Berton's, like playoff performance bad. I mean, shout out to John. I mean John's definitely a guy who plays up to the moment in the playoffs and plays his role. And like he, I, I can't I can't thank him enough for it. I,
2: I John just he, he's he's been very selfless. Like he understands that he's not gonna be the guy that gets twenty plus points every game like he was in the second and his third season, but he still just plays his ass off. He plays his role. He's gonna be financially rewarded. Um and I, I, I do think Travis Schlenk will reward him with that contract and just make sure they get it done. And yeah, I did, you know, John Collins played very well. He had one, you know, missed up of a game, but besides that, he was he was decidedly like he would have been the Knicks' best or second best player. Like in, in, he was maybe fourth or fifth best on the Hawks just because of how much better the Hawks were. And John Collins was just, he was, he was great. He was phenomenal. So. Just wanted to give him props. I I, I think, you know, we got to talk about Kevin Herter, man.
1: This guy is, dude. Oh my gosh, I can't believe we missed him up to this point. What a what a phenomenal player. I, I love Ke- you know what. <laughs> I'm here to say it. I I was too harsh on Kevin Herter. On oh me too. For I sure. I I mean I feel goofy. I feel goofy. I this guy's like
2: our second best perimeter defender when when Cam Reddish isn't playing. He is. I mean, he's crazy, man. the The growth that Kevin Herter has seen is, I mean, it, it's it's a sight to behold, man. It's crazy. He, uh, I don't know what Nate is teaching these boys, but he taught them how to defend, straight up.
1: So. Yeah, he he said, Kevin Herter, you're becoming like one of the best defenders on the team, and I was like, wait, what? That guy had a worse defensive rapper score than Trey Young like two years ago. Like, what? What? What is that? <laughs> yeah, it's um.
2: Another contractual sort of situation there. I, you know, luckily we we don't necessarily have to worry about that for another year. But if we're able to wrap Kevin up with an extension this off season, because we all know we'll we'll extend Trey, like we'll give him his max.
1: Look, day one, if we're not offering Trey the max, I don't know. We got we got to start looking at Schleik. I mean, we might got to fire that guy. If Bam
2: out of bio gets a max out of RFA, then so does Trey Young. It's just, it's just that simple. But you know. <laughs> Trey's getting his max. I'm not going to worry about that. If we can extend Kevin Herter that'll be a huge, huge play for the off season. Because that's just—I mean, he's—he is really taking steps. It's the only downside is it maybe leads you to question what exactly Cam Reddish's future is. But you know, we can worry about that later. Right now, we just got to enjoy the fact that Kevin Herter is playing his ass off. He—he's a—he's a special bench piece for us for the future. And frankly, if we ever needed him to step in and start, it's becoming very clear that I think you could pair him with Trey Young in the backcourt
1: and be happy with that. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, looking like to the future, like Kevin Herter, still he he's real, he's a part of it, man. I love Kevin Herter. What a dynamic player you've become, like dude. Those turnaround shots he hits are ridiculous. I love that guy. He he still what a,
2: he's still young. He still a, makes a couple like young player mistakes. He has a couple like last night he had a couple turnovers. Um. But the, the strides he's made on defense alone are just, like, insane. So, yeah, man. We're, we're just going down the roster at this point. Shout-out to Brandon Goodwin. Shout-out to Skylar May.
1: <laughs> like, it, it, I mean. Yeah, to to was at the game. He traveled with the team. So, I'm glad to yeah. see that he's getting healthy enough to where he can do that. So, yeah. you know, obviously happy for Brandon, you know. I don't want to see anybody sick. Skylar Mays played to the playoffs. Bruno Fernando did not even show up, so.
0: Well, no, he sense. showed up.
1: Vernon Fernandez is like our, our bitch mob enforcer. Like, if there's a fight going to go down, we have Chris Dunn who, I mean, I was actually talking to my friends about this last night. Look, if the Hawks get into a fight, we're actually well-equipped because Chris Dunn, you know, that guy's always ready to fight someone. Like, I don't even know why. That dude just wants to fight. Like, you can see it in his eyes. Like, that dude just wants to fight. I mean, then we have Cam who was to the NBA young boy. They're actually friends. I didn't know that, but someone actually told me that. And so I mean obviously anybody who listens to NBA Youngboy and then his friends with NBA Youngboy is read the fight. And then we have Bruno Fernando, who's just like big, and then Solomon Hill, like the same thing as Kristen, like he's always read the fight. Yeah, also shout out to Solomon Hill. He was he he is,
2: he loves his role of being an enforcer. Like <laughs> he played his minutes in the regular season. He was like fourth on the team in minutes. He understands that's not going to be the case in the playoffs barring injury. So he just he he enjoys his role of being an enforcer. So Solomon Hill's another guy I hope we bring. Honestly, at this point I want to just run it back with this roster next season and see what we can do, hopefully, when... You could probably make a few minor upgrades. Yeah, for sure. Like, maybe back a point guard you'd have to really look at, see if you can make an uh, an improvement. Um, of course, we have our draft pick, um, 20th overall, so there'll be somebody there.
1: That'll be traded for a star.
2: Maybe. <laughs> but I, I this roster is very fun. I think it's a lot of people's favorite Hawks team, potentially ever, but especially since that 60-win uh, team. I don't know. I would be super content to more or less just run this roster back because, I mean, seeing them gel together, seeing how all the pieces just fit together, it makes sense. There's shooting, there's rim-running, there's defense, there's, you know, catch-and-shoot guys, there's guys that can shoot off the dribble, there's, I mean, it just works out really well, and, um, you know, even guys like Tony Snell, who didn't play much this series, you gotta love him, man, like, 50-50-100 season, like, it's just, it's insane, so... I don't know, man. Uh, this is—it's just uh, anytime you beat ass like that in in the playoffs as the lower seeded team, you just got like like I don't think Sixers fans are feeling crazy that they beat the Wizards in five games, but the fact that we beat the Knicks in five games is just like it's, it's made different. when You're week. the four and five seed match because those are like yeah.
1: theoretically off the of seating. Those are the closely matched teams.
2: Yeah, it, it just feels different. It, it's also a, a very weird fact. That's the first time the Hawks have won a series in less than six games since like 1970. Wait what? Yeah, because remember that remember that sixty one team like took took them six games to beat the Nets. It took them six games to beat the Wizards. Um, the year so, after. Oh that, yeah,
1: jeez, what jeez? Yeah. <laughs> now that you mentioned, I'm like,
2: wow, those teams
1: suck, dog. Uh, yeah, and the Joe <laughs> it Johnson team have a teams, star.
2: <laughs> yeah, man, no joke. Also pays to go against a team
1: that is just a bunch of role players, <laughs> but is <laughs> what it is. Uh, That's also true. I mean, you know, shout out to the Knicks. They definitely can improve. I look forward to seeing what they do with their team. Like, even though their team is full of Bush League play. Can we talk about that Bush League play by Randall and Hunter last night? That was actually kind of disturbing. Wait, no, it was Gibson who did that.
2: Gibson Randall threw, I think, five elbows in the series.
1: Yeah, but- Randall threw an elbow that connects on a Congo's chin. A Kongu gets right back up, walks over to the Hawks' bitch. I love that fucking kid, man. He's just, he's just like, fuck. I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm gonna get up. Like, there's some teams out there. They'd be, you know, trying to fight each other. Our team just stays so composed. Like, you could tell that. Definitely, this series, the the Knicks truly did look like a bunch of thugs. Frankly, like, I, don't, I don't know what else to say other than that. Like, as politely as I can put it, I mean, straight up, they just. They, they they did they did play like thugs this series, dude. Like their thug bullshit got so annoying. Like you're down by a thousand. Like this is over, dog. Like especially when like it, there comes a point to where like when you're tripping star players, that's bad. And then when you're going out there and attacking rookies like a congo of elbows, like dude, like what are you doing? Like that stuff in hockey, Logan. Log, Log, Logan, as a hockey player you can probably uh you can no, probably that's, that's Bush League if someone hits too. a rookie if someone hits a rookie, there's gonna be some blowback and there was some blowback and it was provided by Solomon Hill. I mean, other than that, our our, our lead enforcer Kevin Herder did not do anything last night. Uh, <laughs> even though he probably should have, frankly. I mean, frankly, Kevin Herter probably should have done something. I mean, I would have, I would have liked to have seen some more blowback from the Hawks, but also that Solomon Hill stretch, right? This where Solomon Hill just walks onto the court with the halftime, and he's like, "All right, time to get my checks. I'm gonna start playing like a thug, yo." He, he he goes over, pushes Randall away, walks over, bumps Noel, gets off in his face. I mean, gets a technical foul, hits, doesn't play again. Like that, it's just hilarious to me. I mean, Trey kept the composure, you know, got the ball thrown on by Randall, picks up the ball, walks away. Reggie Bullock tries to get in his face, walks to the locker room. Noel shoulder bumps them he just walks right past them shrugs it off I mean dude that composure from a young team it's I mean it's, it's just something you don't see and it's, for you know as all the people who've you know I just want to say this Logan real quick for for all the people out there who have ever like been like oh Trey acts like such a teen girl on Twitter in real life he's so much more different so just props to him you know he kept his composure big time when he needed to so did the rest of the guys you know guys like John Collins of Kongu Capella who were frankly just like playing it's like football players out there at times so proud of them we have I mean, our core. Well, Hunter had a few dirty plays done to him as well this series.
2: We have our core that keeps its composure, and then we have the end of the bench mob, which is their enforcers. So it makes sense. It works out. But, yeah, I'm glad to be done with the Knicks bullshit just because the Sixers, like, they're actually talented, so I don't think they're going to have to resort to Bush League shit. You know what I mean? Like, the Knicks, they had no other answer. They had to try and trip Trae Young. They had to push and elbow and and blow in Trae Young's ear and like do all the whack shit. The Sixers are actually talented, so I, I you know they're a physical team as well. It's it's Philadelphia, you know you you already know that there's going to be chance in the Sixers home games as well. Like I mean it, you know it's predictable, but they actually have talent. So I I, I do think the uh, the bush league shit is mostly done with. Um, now in the playoffs, it's all it's just the real teams, man. It's the real teams that deserve to be there. It's the real teams that know that this isn't the time to play like a bunch of idiots just trying to, you know, hurt each other. This is this is real basketball. This is the chance to win a championship. And there's there's things more valuable than just, like,
1: tweeting out that you uh running it back in the A because you're with the shits. You know what I mean? They, yeah, they, they, I mean, Reggie Bullock actually did kind of... Sh- I mean, he had some, like, nice threes in the first quarter. But besides that, I don't think anybody's with the shits on that team. <laughs> no, that that team... they
2: They just, like... Their only good player throughout the series, Derrick Rose, was just completely out of gas by Game 5, and so they just, they just stood no chance. None of them were worth the shits, man. None of them were worth the shits. So, hey man, I am happy that they are home now. I hope they enjoy their vacation, and uh, we'll, we'll enjoy... What is it, 1-2-3 a- Cancun? 1-2-3 yeah, Cancun. We'll, we'll enjoy having at least four more playoff podcasts, baby. <laughs> they can enjoy Cancun. We'll enjoy pod... <laughs> Uh, man, I, I've, I, are we uh, ready to wrap this up?
1: Yeah, I, I don't, I don't have uh, much I want to say at this point. I mean, just you know, proud of all the guys. Like I really, I mean, we've said we gave everybody a flower, but there's still much more to go. Twelve more wins left, baby. We're coming for that fucking title. You know what, we've made it here, we've made it past our first actual, like, I think me and you decided, like, after the first game of the series, like, oh, we need to win this. Now we're playing with house money. I'm ready to be on my Knicks fan shit when I say that. Now we're playing with house money. I would just go out there and just let it go free, bro. Like, at this point, we get swept in four, hell of a season, we made it against the Knicks, played very good against them, but, like, bro, we should just be shooting to win the title at this point. Like, fuck it, just leave it all out there. Like, we have nothing to lose i with. Hopefully, you. hopefully Nate
2: sees it the same. Like I, I mean, I, I, I don't think they view it the same. I think they view it as we can beat this team as well. So let's just go out there and win. You know what I mean? Whereas yeah, I think fans, sure. I think for the fans, it's all right to view the series a little bit as house money because, you know, we're facing the one seed man. We're facing a team that very well, if it was an 82 game season, the Sixers could have won 60 games. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think there will be any shame if we lose to this team because this is a team that is on paper better than us anyway. They are deep into their playoff window they are supposed to be here the hawks are not maybe supposed to be here yet so but that being said our team is talented enough and well coached enough to beat these guys you know not just in one game but in four games out of seven so it'll be fun to see it's going to be a very different type of matchup because the sixers personnel is just so much better but we can talk we can go into more depth about that on the preview podcast that'll come out before game one
1: so Oh, also, before we end things and we start doing like our little goodbye and wrap up, credit to Hawks uh, Twitter CEO Truebane. What a what a fire tweet last night! That video I retweeted. It if you want to go see it, it's on my Twitter. That 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 thing legitimately made me laugh. If you want a summary of the series versus the Knicks, just go watch the video. Hilarious. I mean, what a what a fire fire post. Anyways. Uh, I guess that'll do it for episode 48 of the Hawks Talks podcast. As always, I've been Jackson. that's been Logan. Thank you for, uh, everyone who's been listening lately. You know, numbers are always looking good, especially looking good during this playoffs run. Uh, if you would like to financially support Hawks Talks, you can go to patreon.com slash hawkshawks. That's patreon.com slash H-O-X-T-L-A-K-S, and you can go ahead, and you know, we have several tiers, and you can, uh, financially support me and Logan directly. You know, anything's appreciated, but also just listening is appreciated, as always. Um... Follow us on Twitter, at Hawks Talks. That's the official Twitter account of the Hawks Talks podcast. Follow me on Twitter, JacksonRedmond underscore. And then follow uh, Lo- Logan at LoggyHawksTalks. That's L-O-G-G-Y, Hawks Talks. And, yeah, you can go ahead and get in tune with us on Twitter. You know, me I mean, me and Logan have been tweeting more. You know, we're trying to engage more out there. You know, we, we both have some fire tweets. I'm batting about 1,000 this playoff series. I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to say here in live. No, you are. I you mean, pissed people off with that Dame tweet, man. You that Dame not, tweet man. was deserved. That I mean, hey, who got the last laugh, though? Who got the last laugh, though? We Hey, hey, I don't care about who got beat. It's about who got turned to ashes. Uh, you know, hopefully the, the Blazers go ahead and get packed tonight. You know, not try to see that guy Dave in the playoffs any longer than I have to. La- you know, that dude starts hitting clutch trees. I'm getting, I'm getting text messages. I'm done with it. I'm over it, frankly. We deserve it. Credit it, to Solomon man. Hill for being the uh, funniest Hawks player on Twitter. And we'll see yeah, you on episode 49, the playoff preview for round two against the 76ers. As always, hope you have a uh, good you know good Thursday and Friday. Good start to your weekend. We'll be back on the playoff preview podcast, episode 49. And then episode 50, will be special because it'll be round two, the first game. We'll see you then for those podcasts. As always, thank you for listening. Love you. Goodbye. When it comes to LASIK, Dr. Boutros and the Eye Center have led the way for the past 25 years. Today, this
2: tradition continues by being one of the few practices in the country to offer you Eye 2.0, using the same technology as the NASA James Webb Telescope. And in the hands of an elite surgeon like Dr. Boutros, more patients are seeing 2020 or better after LASIK. Right now, enjoy 20% off LASIK with Eye Design. Go to theicenter.com or call
1: 888 844 2020. Some restrictions apply.